Damo, you big sweet tooth. Yes, MP, you chocoholic. So naughty but nice. We're a hit at the Wellness Summit and I want more. Well, how does 20 recipes in their free ebook Heavenly Healthy Desserts sound, MP? Jeepers, Damo, I'm loving that. Or you can hop on down to their brand new cafe, Selection Cafe in South Melbourne and receive 10% off your favourite healthy desserts. Woohoo! To do so, go to sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch and fill in your details to receive your free ebook and discount voucher. That's www.sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch. So Naughty But Nice, delicious nutrition. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm very excited to be joined by Dr. Cheryl Selman. Cheryl is a psychotherapist, a health journalist, a hormone wellness coach, and has for over 30 years been an avid researcher, writer, lecturer, and women's health advocate. Um, I had the absolute pleasure of having Cheryl join me for an event in Adelaide just a couple of weeks ago, um, where she spoke all about hormones and all about how they affect your body, and it was absolutely fantastic. The feedback I've had that has been phenomenal. Um, You know, if you want to make sure you you find out about these events when they come around, make sure you head to thatpaleoshow.com and sign up for our newsletter. Um, But Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brett. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I, I loved your talk the other night, and I know that so many, particularly the ladies that were there, it was mostly ladies that were there, but so many of the ladies that were there were so inspired by your talk and, and really got some real aha moments about what they've been doing in terms of looking after their hormones and, and I guess what they've been told they should be doing in terms of looking after their hormones and how you know some of that may not be quite right. But before we get into all the depth and detail of all of that, Cheryl, you've been doing this for 30 years. So what happened 30 years ago that, that got you into this field? <laughs> Gosh, 30 years ago. Seems like yesterday, right? <laughs> uh, well, I had a perfect storm in terms of my health challenge and my hormonal issues. I was a, it was a period of my life where I was working really hard. So that was looking like uh, 48 weekends out of the year, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, which, of course, in our culture seems like great success. I was uh, I was a vegetarian, but a very uneducated vegetarian. I discovered that I had um, my hay fever getting more and more chronic. I was getting arthritis. I had thyroid imbalances, a history of depression, uh, skin issues. <laughs> and uh, other than that, I thought I was pretty healthy. And uh, I had a few other things to uh, get my attention, and that included anxiety attacks at 3 and 4 a.m. in the morning, which were now occurring on a regular basis. And somewhere along the line, night sweats started to occur. So uh, this was a real wake-up call for me. I had no idea what was going on. I was a psychotherapist at that point, not a naturopath, so I assumed it had to do with some psychological issues, which I attempted to heal with no resolution. And so the night sweats were the uh, avenue that made me investigate hormones. It was pretty obvious when you have night sweats that hormones are involved. So I began to investigate solutions. I, I, was, I was suffering. I couldn't sleep. I felt like my health was going downhill, and I uh, needed to find answers. So that began a journey that allowed me to heal all those issues, which I have successfully resolved to this very day. But more importantly, it led me on a 
path that um, fulfilled a mission and a purpose and a passion in empowering people, especially women, with the kind of knowledge that lets them make truly informed decisions about their health and hormonal rebalancing and um, uh, rejuvenation. I like to call, I call my work hormone rejuvenation, learning how to rejuvenate our hormonal essences naturally. Well, and, you know, I guess today, you know, trying to find that sort of information, as much as it can be hard to find, is somewhat easier because it's all available. It's all out there on the internet if you know where to look and if you know the right person to ask the right question. But 30 years ago, you know, how did you go about finding this information? Well, I was just determined. I just started digging. And I started with no knowledge, Brett, about my own body. It was a shock. (laughs) for me to realize I knew nothing about my hormones. I didn't know if these symptoms were perimenopausal symptoms or other issues. In fact, the real cause that drove these symptoms were a condition that no one really was talking about back then, and that was adrenal exhaustion. And right now, I would say every single woman that I've tested in the many, many years I've been doing my naturopathic practice, uh, has some degree of adrenal exhaustion. So this is a chronic condition that is driving all our health issues. It certainly was the underlying root cause that was the down, you know, the downhill journey for my health. So uh, I, I just was determined. I'm a researcher by nature. I just started investigating. I started calling people. I ran a conference in Melbourne where I invited Dr. John Lee, who was one of the foremost uh, educators about the whole estrogen dominance story. And uh, I've been researching and passionate ever since. And I can just uh, I can just almost feel the listeners nodding their head as you start talking about adrenal exhaustion because it's uh, it's so common now and and as you said with the ladies but but also with the guys as well it's such a common thing now. Um, one of the things that you just mentioned then is you know you were you were a psychologist you were uh, sorry a psychotherapist you were you were well trained you were well versed in the body but but you're saying you knew nothing about the body and in many ways I think that speaks to some of the issues we have within our health system with where we have specialists who are very focused on isolating one particular part of the body and not necessarily looking at the big picture. Um, you know, did, did you find that was the case with you and, and how did you overcome that? How did you get a broader breadth of knowledge? Well, uh, first of all, what I find to be true is that really women are not educated with truthful knowledge about their bodies, what contributes to hormonal health and well-being. Um, we are very easily prescribed the the fastest solutions, which is putting women on hormones or the mm. pill. That's basically what women are prescribed if they go to their doctor, to the endocrinologist, who, you know, wherever they go to help them sort out their issues. They're either going to be put on some form of hormone replacement therapy, be it HRT or bioidentical hormones, which is very popular right now, or some version of the pill or maybe an antidepressant. And my journey revealed to me that I had no clue what was um, behind hormonal balance, what my body was telling me, what the symptoms were indicating, even uh, to my you know, uh, shock and horror, most of the 
concepts and beliefs we hold about what's going on with our bodies, what happens with our ovaries at menopause, are all lies. And if we are not given truthful information, which is so hard to find, especially if you're operating out of the allopathic model, then you are at risk because you will be guided into treatments that are based on flawed studies that lead to a false diagnosis and to a potentially very dangerous and inappropriate treatment. So for me, I just had to learn on my own. I just, you know, I I read, uh, I talked to experts, I put the pieces together, and it wasn't given to me on a silver platter. I actually had to put the pieces together. And when I began to realize that the treatment of choice for women, hormone replacement therapy and the pill being a variation on that theme, but in higher doses than found in hormone replacement therapy, were known human carcinogens that had serious consequences and nobody was talking about it. At first, I couldn't even believe what I was discovering. I I just became so angry at how we were so misinformed and what I like to say is medicalized and pathologized for profit that that was the impetus that led me on my path to writing and ultimately led me to write my book Hormone Heresy which was a best-selling book in Australia still doing well and just you know uh, find this platform that I am still on doing my best to awaken people, men and women, to what's really going on. And so, Cheryl, you may have touched on it there where you mentioned profit, but obviously, you know, people listen to this and they think, well, what's going on here? You know, why are we so misinformed? You know, obviously, you know, people look at it and they think, well, these are the experts in the field. You know, they've studied medicine. They've studied for years to specialize in in female hormones. They've, you know, they've got the education. They've got the knowledge. They're obviously very smart people and they're telling us that that's the best way to do it. So where's the missing link there? What's going on? Well... To be honest, it's all about agendas. And, um, you know, I'll give you an example. In 1966, there was a book that was published that became a bestseller called Feminine Forever, written by the president of the American Association of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. I mean, a very prestigious researcher and professor. And he wrote a book saying that, uh, based on his one study, that uh, the problem with women at menopause is they run out of estrogen, their ovaries die, they cease to function. Women at menopause become equivalent of eunuchs. And uh, basically, um, this condition, menopause, was a disease that needed to be treated with estrogen replacement therapy. It sounds like a bit of a dud deal, doesn't it? Well, you know, he promised women would be young and juicy forever. That's his book, Feminine Forever. And uh, it, it was so appealing that, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of women were beating down on their doctor's doors pleading for estrogen. And for 10 years, it was the primary treatment for women going through menopause with a uterus, without a uterus. It's all women were put on very high high doses because they were the guinea pig generation. And 10 years later, they found that there was an 800% increase in uterine cancer from women who were on this treatment. And then it was discovered that, um, that the study that this book was based upon by Dr. Wilson was flawed. And he was discredited as a researcher. And he also became a millionaire because the three leading drug companies who made estrogen replacement drugs funded him very generously into a trust fund. And I think that's the story that we're looking hmm. at to this present time. Variations on a theme. 
Yeah, okay. So there's there's bias there is essentially what we're saying, isn't it? It's it's the information we're getting. We're not getting the whole picture. I mean, I often talk about, I guess, in research that, you know, you can, you can do 100 research papers um, and, you know, 99 of them can show one result, one of them can show the other result, and you can choose to only publish that one and throw the 99 in the bin, can't you? Absolutely. And it's, you know, it is hard for us to wrap our head around if we believe that uh, the medical profession is only here to, you know, do good and live up to their oath. But in actual fact, it's run by the pharmaceutical industry and profits speak louder than anything else. And women are a huge market. Mm. And uh, a huge market, and hormones are a, a huge multi-billion dollar market. So uh, there is every attempt to expand the market. I mean, I can go on and on. I've researched all these issues. I've researched the uh, pathologizing of, of uh, PMS as uh, a psychological issue requiring the use of Prozac because Prozac was going generic and they needed to expand the market. So they created a new condition called PMTT and prescribed Prozac. Uh, I mean, I, you know, this shocking, shocking stories after shocking stories. And I've written about this. I have this in Hormone Heresy. I keep writing in all the work I do to help reveal the truth and to help us step out of the matrix where we've been, uh, med- you know, we have been medicalized and pathologized for profit. We've been lied to, deceived. And, uh, you know, it's, it's dangerous for our health. Yeah, it just makes so much sense. And what's never made sense to me is, you know, we're talking about here on that paleo show, you know, and we talk about evolution and evolutionary health. And it's never made sense to me that we could have possibly evolved to be deficient in these really important hormones and that we would, you know, had evolved to require to take those hormones from an external source. You know, that, that doesn't seem logical that that could have happened. So so what is going on? You know, it's obviously not an estrogen or a progesterone deficiency, you know, that we're not taking enough of those in from external sources, there's, there's obviously something else going on on the inside that, that's leading to these imbalances and these issues. So what is the issue going on, Cheryl? So I think um, before I jump in, Ted, I just want to clarify something. In this book, Feminine Forever, and what's written in medical textbooks is that menopause is a time when the ovaries cease to function and, and stop making estrogens. That's a pretty big premise, right? Because that is the basis of this whole... Uh, hormone replacement therapy model. However, um, that's a lie. So this absolutely shocked and amazed me when I was researching this. Can you say that again? Because that's going to shock people. (laughs) Okay, I will because it is a big story. The ovaries, well, nature did not make a flaw in women. We weren't designed to just, uh, you know, uh, become decrepitudes, which is what Dr. Wilson wrote in his book. Uh, And it's the menopause is not a time of decrepitude. It's a time of change, transition, empowerment. And if we as women understand what's really going on with our bodies, we can optimize our health and well-being through that, you know, wise women year stage of our life. But we have to get the facts straight. So, um, you know, your body follows beliefs. And I talked about that in my lecture, right, Breath? You know, um, your body follows beliefs. You have to understand the truths and have the correct perception of your body in order to optimize its function. So the ovaries continue to function the entire length of a woman's life. They do not give up the ghost. And they adjust the amount of estrogen being produced because in our menopausal, postmenopausal years, obviously we're not making the level of estrogen to support, uh, uh, you know, a conception. But we are still producing estrogen. We drop our progesterone levels because you really have to ovulate. But the adrenals help somewhat to pick up the slack. 
And most amazingly, at the time of menopause, there's a change in the ovaries that produce hormones that look after our heart and well-being. So we want to look after our ovaries and preserve them because they're working throughout our entire life. So if we have that concept in mind, we can appreciate that what we really want to do is to optimize the, the functions that support hormonal balance, and we want to um, choose the lifestyle, uh, choose the nutrition, and understand the root cause issues that may be compromising our body's ability to maintain hormonal balance through any stage of life. Yeah, and so what we're really coming back to here is, and one of the things you said in the lecture which I loved, which I often say something similar, is that you know we need to get an idea of what's normal as opposed to what's common, right? Because we've got this idea, and we do it with aging, we do it with health, we do it with hormones, where we look at, I guess, what's happening to everyone else around us, and we think that that must be normal because it's common. But, but what you're saying is that what is considered to be normal aging, what is considered to be normal uh, menopause, you know, is actually not normal, it's just common, and that normal is something entirely different absolutely and we have cultures around the world that demonstrate that if we are in harmony and balance and looking after our health and nourishing our bodies menopause should be a non-event that's that's what's really natural a non-event you know i can, um, I can hear the gasps from yeah <laughs> you know so so i'll give myself as an example so as i was uncovering all these pieces of my puzzle and started to address my adrenals i started to support the gut i mean when the adrenals are stressed beyond their capacity to really function optimally they also impair your digestion your immune system they're going to affect your blood sugar levels they're going to affect your memory they're going to affect your sleep your mood you'll have more anxiety so everything starts to go downhill and uh, as I began repairing the, these glands and making lifestyle changes, as well as giving up my vegetarian diet, which was you know high carb, and I was gluten intolerant, which I didn't understand, and I, so I had to make all these radical changes. I also uh, discovered that um, uh, when I went into menopause, which is twelve complete months without a menstrual cycle, it actually uh, transitioned symptom free. I had no symptoms at all, and the only time I did have a symptom was when I had too much wine or I had uh, a chocolate cake at night, too much sugar. So, so let's talk about that then. Let's talk about why has this become so common? What are the lifestyle issues? You, you mentioned before working 60 to 80 hours, getting adrenal fatigue, being vegetarian, having gluten. You know, Obviously, those are some factors that are leading to these issues that people are seeing. What else is contributing to this hormone imbalance that's so common? Well, we have a long list of things. So, so first of all, and I write about this in the beginning of my book, how women have been programmed in our culture to strive and work and try to um, have a sense of self-worth by giving, 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 and never really being able to stop, take care of themselves. I see this as such a, a cultural a dysfunction that um, women are confronted with. You know, they're they're working, they have families, they have relationships. They're trying to take care of everything without a balance, without the ability to step back and nourish and nurture themselves. So that puts us out of rhythm with our own natural cycles. Our own natural cycles each month have a time of being externalized and being internalized. And if we are not in harmony with those rhythms, we're going against our nature and we will pay the price. So that's one of the really important things that I like to address with women, honoring their feminine wisdom again. 
which is pretty fundamental. You know, it really is very fundamental how you choose to live your life and how you perceive what you are worthy of and therefore able to take time and nurture yourself. Number two, we live in a toxic world and we know that so many of the chemicals that we're exposed to are estrogen disruptors. So they have the same molecule as estrogen. So the body will process them as an estrogen. So that's why it's contributing to such impairment and overwhelm. And estrogen is, um, uh, in most cases, uh, metabolized through the liver inappropriately. The liver has some challenges, and therefore it turns it into a more dangerous and more potent and more reactive molecule, which can contribute to breast cancer. So we have to support the liver because it's being overwhelmed and as you know, Brett, I do nutrigenomic testing, so I have a profound insight into how the genes are functioning, and I can tell you that um, the majority of people, the vast majority of people, do have issues in the ability to properly function with phase one and phase two in their detoxification pathways, and that generates a dangerous estrogen. So we have to, re, you know, eliminate the chemicals. We have to support the liver. We have to um, understand that when our adrenals are exhausted, it impairs hormonal balance. And what tends to happen is that um, uh, high cortisol levels will initiate high estrogen levels, which will initiate high insulin levels, which will lead to co more cortisol levels and suppress progesterone and thyroid and testosterone. So just being adrenally exhausted will will skew our hormonal balance towards the high estrogen and insulin and cortisol uh, range, which creates all these hormonal imbalances. So it's a big story that isn't really understood, you know, going back to those adrenals again. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously we've sort of spoken a bit there about, um, you know, what's gone wrong. And you've started to touch on some of the things in terms of what we can do right to help rectify it. And so, um, you know, obviously in terms of our lifestyle, you know, you've touched definitely there on the mindset aspect of, of how we need to start thinking to start improving this prospect. But in terms of, I guess, diet and exercise and those sort of things, what can we do in terms of our lifestyle to help give our body the best chance for optimal hormones? Well, I've been doing a series of uh, lectures and uh, seminars around Australia and soon to be New Zealand on what I call the rejuvenated woman. So we talk about this. So I'll give you some of my preferences and priorities. I, I think I, I really have to start with addressing the most fundamental driver of imbalance, and that is stress. And that goes back to what I was saying, that women do not understand the, how powerful stress is in throwing all their hormones out of whack and depleting their adrenal glands, which then affect their thyroids, which then affect their energy and their digestion. So, first of all, it's essential that women understand that they have to get back into harmony with their natural rhythms. They have to start charting their cycle. This is what I had to do. And it was quite profound as I started to get more in harmony with my inner cyclic wisdom that comes from our menstrual cycles, which is why the pill is such a problem, Britt, because when women are on the pill, their menstrual cycles are obliterated. And we know that feminine power comes from being in attunement and in harmony with our natural cycles, our natural hormonal rhythms that uh, profoundly affect our intuition, our consciousness, how our body works. Uh, most women don't understand when they're on the pill the pill depletes vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, zinc, selenium, B6, B12, folic acid. It acts as an uh, as a antibiotic, wiping out your gut flora, increasing 
the growth and overgrowth of candida. I mean, all these imbalances are going on and we're chemically castrating a woman so she no longer has ovulation. And this is throws women out of balance, which but, but, adds to more stress. But they get told that as part of their informed consent when they're given the medication, right? I don't even know if they get informed consent. <laughs> they don't. They're just, they, you know, put 12-year-old girls on the pill for acne. I mean, we're putting... Uh, women on the pill for everything from painful period, lack of period, um, uh, you know, regular periods, and then there's endometriosis and ovarian cysts and depression, and I mean, it goes on and it's absurd how we're medicalizing women by putting them on the pill, but it never will get any woman healthy, it will never get any woman balanced, and as you know, we have an epidemic of infertility in Australia, which uh, I have to, I have a quote from a billionaire from a Wall Street Journal who makes fertility drugs and his best customers are women in their 30s who took the pill as teenagers and 20 year olds wow. so there we go yeah amazing isn't it well, isn't it what so a, oh go ahead what about looking at the diet stuff i mean obviously you know the big thing of the last couple of decades in terms of diet has been the low fat and you know trying to minimize your cholesterol and we know that these fats and cholesterols are, are precursors to all our steroid based hormones which are really important in terms of the hormone balance in our body you know what sort of effect do you think that has had a huge effect. I call myself a recovering vegetarian <laughs> because I was a very ignorant vegetarian. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think we have to understand that protein, as you know so well, is uh, necessary for the building blocks to rebuild everything in our body, everything from our DNA to our enzymes to our hormones, and of course to all the cells and muscle mass. So. The uh, most important thing is to make sure you have adequate high-quality protein, which is where I get concerned about vegans and vegetarians. And um, in the work I've done, when I work with vegans and vegetarians, they're highly deficient, and women especially become very, very deficient. Their adrenals are deficient. Chinese medicine, we say their kidney energy is deficient. They cannot provide the ability to really rebuild their body. So you start getting more compromised in your functions. Your system doesn't work. Your cells can't, you know, get the nutrients. You can't rebuild. So we have to have high-quality protein on a regular basis. Our fats, the essential fatty acids, are building our hormones. They're necessary for the cell membranes. They're necessary for our brain function, for our moods. We have to go back to... Uh, fundamentals and understand, get away from fads and get, a, get back to what are the building blocks that create a healthy body. And how do we eat in harmony with our needs, with our particular challenges and with the seasons? Yeah, nice. I love that. That makes so much sense. Um, we're almost out of time, Cheryl, but I really want to ask you a little bit about exercise before you go because I think exercise is a really important part of this whole picture and, and I've been seeing a lot of ladies in the practice lately who are suffering from various different uh, manifestations of adrenal fatigue and, and one of the things that's been happening a lot lately is they've been coming in saying to me, I've been told not to exercise and and because I might get too burnt out. And I'm really concerned about that because I know that in terms of de-stressing, in terms of switching off that stress response in your body, that, that exercise and movement is a really important part of that and that, that movement, particularly movement of your spine, which we're obviously focused on as chiropractors, helps to send messages back to your brain, which help to release dopamine and serotonin and, and really switch off that stress response. And so 
whilst I understand that we've got to be really careful about not overdoing the adrenals in terms of really high-intense, long-duration exercise, I feel like telling people not to exercise is probably just as dangerous. You know, what's your take on that, Cheryl? Well, I agree. Your body has to move. It, it's been shown that exercise has a huge impact on your longevity genes, switches on genes. It, it helps prevent all chronic illnesses, but we have to move and exercise appropriately. So what's appropriate exercise? If you're adrenally fatigued, you have to be gentle. You know, you have to be uh, walking. You have to do yoga, tai chi, swimming, cycling, uh, you know, things that are weight training. You don't give that up. You just do it in a manner that is moderated and modulated to support the body to uh, get the benefit, but not over-stress. over stress. Over exercising, over training is a disaster for women. We just don't do well. You know, I see all these marathon runners and these women who are trying to do their best to really, uh, you know, exert their bodies. It is not a good thing for women. We were not designed to do that. And as a result, women really suffer and their bodies start breaking down. They become infertile. Their hormone, you know, their, their menstrual cycles disappear. So exercise that supports the body, especially under adrenal stress, is absolutely critical, but it needs to be gentle. So find whatever gentle form of exercise. You don't want to be huffing and puffing for a long period of time. You just want to be kind to your body. Perfect. Thank you so much, Cheryl. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with you again. I think people are going to get so much out of this episode. I'm sure there's going to be heaps of comments on social media of women and men uh, talking about how they've been misinformed in this area. So I'd, I'd love to hear some of that feedback on Facebook. But in the meantime, people can find out more information from you by going to drcherylselman.com. They can find all of your books there, including your ever-popular Hormone Heresy book. So thank you for being on the show, Cheryl. It was an absolute pleasure having you on board. Well, thank you, Brett. It's such an honor to be here with you. Oh, it's lots of fun. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.